Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of Saw Something Scary. Derek Zoo and Jeff Wright back here with you. Jeff, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm just living the dream, my man, moving toward holiday season, which I know probably means different things for me than it is for you, uh, than it does for you, rather. But anyway, that's where I'm at. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah, it's Christmas time at Dolly's, so um, I'll be feeling that Christmas joy for the next two months, even after Christmas. <laughs> for sure. I wonder for our listeners if there's like a ramp up, you know what I mean, from like Halloween to uh, Thanksgiving, maybe, but Christmas, right? Like that's, I think like our culture kind of ramps up in, in intensity towards Christmas. I wonder if for our listeners, it's sort of reversed that <laughs> Halloween's the high water mark. And now we're sort of coasting down the hill to Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'd, I'd love to know. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Uh, let us know that. Uh, you can you can let us know that at the Facebook group. We saw something scary. It'd be be one of those things I'd like to hear about. Maybe, uh, maybe take my mind off the existential dread that I have of this time of the year. Yeah, I'm sorry. I feel the same way, but for different reasons. Yeah. Uh, no horses <laughs> are involved with mine. Yeah. Uh, so, um, as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, uh, Jeff and I decided to watch the two Friday the 13th fan film made uh, movies, Never Hike Alone and Never Hike in the Snow. And so that is what we're going to be talking to you guys about this week. But before we get to that, Jeff, is our old pal, the horror reporter, got anything for us this week? Yeah, man, I've got a couple of things that are gifts. One gift for you, one gift for me, and then something that will set us up to talk about the main feature of this episode. Perfect. So I'm going to be selfish and go first. (laughs) And also to just kind of make it, you know, get get the worst out of the way for you. (laughs) All right, cool. So we got updates on the new Amazon Prime Event Horizon series that's coming. I know you're Yeah, Event Horizon. Woo! Yeah, it's been a while. August 2019 was when the announcement took place, and they're starting to trickle out, uh, you know, updates and and a little bit of details. So um, we haven't got a date yet. We haven't got, you know, plot points yet, but we do know that Amazon is pushing forward on it and they are, they're going to bring it to to the screen. We, we, you know, in contrast, we got news today that the, what we do in the shadows series got killed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sorry, not what we do in the shadows. Uh, Dark shadow series got killed and it, it looks like Event Horizon is going to make its way through. So I'm delighted and I'm hanging on, hanging on in hope. Mandy about gave me a heart attack when he said what we do in the shadows got canceled. Yeah, that would suck. So are you caught up on that? What we do in the shadows? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I finally did. And it's very funny that, you know, there's there's some things that I can't get delighted about. But I do wonder how they're going to keep up the pace. Yeah. That last episode, not to give too many spoilers away, but that last episode basically had every famous vampire in it, you know, except for anyone named Cullen. Yeah. And I just think, yeah, I just wonder how, how long they can keep up the writing chore, like how 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 well they can keep up the uh, the talent stream. I just, I'm impressed by the series and I don't want it to peter out. And I guess my negative instincts are, are to say, ooh, is this sustainable? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, man. I just I have faith in Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi, so I'm going to ride this train of positivity. There's not a lot of things to be positive about in the world right now, um, even in the horror world right now. And so I'm just going to ride this train of positivity with uh, what we do in the shadows until they if they betray me, you know, but yeah. that ja- that Jackie Daytona episode. Uh, dude, I've watched it two dozen times. <laughs> my my favorite character is the energy vampire guy. Colin Robinson. Yeah. yeah. 
He's so good. Yeah, when when they go to like the the town hall meeting, and he's like, "I just hear, I just come here and generally feed." You know what I mean? That's <laughs> that's perfect. And yeah. then when the fight breaks out, it's not the like the fight where the vampires are mind controlling people. It's just a normal kind of fight that yeah uh, would happen at a town hall meeting. And he's just got this big grin on his face. It is so perfect. They mm-hmm. they do just a great job of kind of dabbing him in and. It's Superman. It, it cracks me up every time I see it. Yeah. He really is low-key the MVP of that show. Yeah. Um, so, all right, cool. Event Horizon. Um, looking forward to watching that with you. Yeah, so do you slot that under the things to be positive about horror, or uh, are you like the Event Horizon itself on a trip to hell with this news? <laughs> nah, man. I'm good. Let's. If If my buddy Jeff's excited about it, then I'll be excited about it, too. All right. Well, thank you. So, Paramount and Adam Wingard are... Bringing Event Horizon to us, and we cannot wait. So that's a little gift for me. Here's a little gift for you, Derek. Universal is rebooting the Mummy spinoff, The Scorpion King, with <laughs> Dwayne Johnson producing. Yeah. Are you yeah. Uh, Are you excited about this, or is this a case of like, don't touch perfection? Uh man. I, I mean, that movie's far from perfection. Uh, I I'm excited to an extent, like. Dwayne Johnson's not slated to star in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's just going to, you know, he's just producing it with seven bucks entertainment. So that takes some of the fun away from it for me. Um, if, if he were going to star in like a reboot or something of that, you know, where he plays Matthias again, I think that would be good. But uh, the Scorpion King is not a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it. I didn't have to. Yeah, it, it, it's not. It's uh, it really was the first. Like I remember, I remember going to watch it. I worked at the theater at the time, and I remember going to watch it and just being like, "Oh man, they did the rock dirty on this one." <laughs> but uh, you know, that was also, gosh, what twelve years, eighteen years ago, eighteen years ago. Golly, man, it's eighteen years ago. Ugh. Uh, so Dwayne Johnson has grown as a performer, and uh, and obviously as a uh, producer as well. So cautiously optimistic. We'll see. You know, hey, if they want to cast uh, someone of Middle Eastern descent as Matthias or as the Scorpion King, uh, I know a two-time Branson Comedian of the Year that will bulk up real quick for that mess. Yeah, you do. Uh, so Jonathan Herman, who worked on Straight Outta Compton, I guess has been hired to to write this thing. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I'm generally optimistic, right? I mean, it's got yeah. big money. It's got star power attached to it. It's got real talent writing. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne may Dwayne may show up, man. I don't know. Do, is is there a way to get like late stage Matthias involved somehow? Uh, I'm sure they can yeah. for enough money. I'm sure there is. Uh, I mean, there's a good possibility if Dwayne's going to produce this thing, he's going to wind up popping in and, you know, making some kind of cameo. He could be. Did you ever see the rundown? The rundown. Which one was that? Was that him driving a car like a Camaro? No, that was like fast or something. Um, the rundown was he was he was a bounty hunter and he was slated to go get Sean William Scott out of the Amazon. Yes, I did see that. I don't remember a whole lot about it other than I watched it with my wife. Yeah. Um, so at the very beginning of that movie, probably the first five minutes of it, uh, the rock walks into a club and Arnold Schwarzenegger passes him and goes, good luck. And that's what I feel like Dwayne could do in this movie. And the torch off. And, you know, the, yeah. And at the time, that's what people thought. They're like, oh, he's passing the torch to the rock, which obviously he did. Um, but this could be this could be Dwayne's moment to do that for whoever's going to take this. If it turns into a franchise, whoever's going to take this franchise to the next level. Sure. 
Sure. In wrestling, they talk about back in the day, sprinkling Hogan dust on fellow performers. Right. So this would be sprinkling rock dust. Yep. Which rock dust may be street slang for some kind of drug. I'm not sure. <laughs> Both. We want the uh, we want the association with Dwayne Johnson's fame, not any uh, narcotics connotations just for the iTunes censors listening. <laughs> but if you have any narcotics, let me know. <laughs> what was that about bulking up for this role? Yeah. I've got a lot of shows to do and not a lot of time to get to the gym. <laughs> all right, man. Well, again, gifts all around. Well, hey, um, you gave yourself a gift. You gave me a gift. I feel like I should give us both a gift as well. Um, and letting you know, I'm sure that you know this by now, but uh, we have a definitive date for the next Jordan Peele written and directed uh, effort, which will be July 22nd, 2022. Oh, man, that's bittersweet. Like, I'm delighted to know there's a date that, that seems to make it more real. Mm -hmm. But holy cow, 2022 is a long way away. And I'm not entirely confident this rock that we call Earth will be, <laughs> you know, intact. Yeah. So, huh. Yeah. Bittersweet. I don't know. Sweet and sour sauce right here on Saw Something Scary. Yeah, I, I think I'm a little more optimistic about everything than you are. But I understand your, your plight on that. Uh, but that is that is where we're at, man. Um, Universal Pictures confirms Jordan Peele's third directorial effort will be released on J July 22nd, 2022. Um, Shawn Michaels' birthday, by the way. Hmm. Uh, details around the project are remaining under wraps for now. But Deadline reports that the movie will keep Peele in the horror genre. The writer-director has emerged as one of the genre's most acclaimed voices in recent years thanks to the success of Get Out and Us. Universal released both of those films to grosses of over $250 million worldwide. <clears throat> and somewhere. Uh, so, OK, so here's this is uh, Peel speaking here. I have four other social thrillers that I want to unveil in the next decade. Uh, the best and scariest monsters in the world are human beings and what we are capable of, especially when we get together. I've been working on these premises about these different social demons, these innately human monsters that are woven into the fabric of how we think and how we interact. And each one of my movies is going to be about a different one of these actual demons. And I'm here for every bit of that. Give me all of it. Yeah. I just don't want to wait till 2022. Yeah, I understand. But Call me greedy. Uh, well, you know, we're in a we're in a crazy world right now anyway. So uh, there's probably some precautions that need to be taken. And uh, hopefully we'll have movie theaters to go to in 2022. Yes, sir. We confirmed off air that my local theater is now running a weekend only schedule. So we got we got movie theaters hanging on as hard as they can. I just uh, just curious about what the future holds. Yeah. But that gives us a little bit of glimmer, a little bit of a little bit of anticipation sure. for the next couple of years. For sure. Something to look forward to. Always Absolutely. a good thing. And you know as well as I do that these next two years will just fly by. So matter of fact, we're not even looking at two years anymore. You're looking at a year and a half. So that's true. That's true. Look at you. Thank you. You're you're just yeah. bringing my spirits right up. I'm trying, man. Yeah. So I'm here for doing a good job. Thank you. Maybe we can get Peel. I mean, we get him in the game some other way between now and then, right? Like a limited series somewhere, something along the lines, like tied us over. Yeah. We know you listen, Jordan. You know we love you. Do this for us. We don't ask for much. Or if you just want to come on here and be a special guest host for six weeks, that'd be nice, too. That'd be a definite tiding us over move. <laughs> that would definitely do it. Uh, anything else you got? Yep. So here's the <laughs> here's the transition for us. Okay. Our good friends at Womp Stomp Films, I guess, production. What are they? Womp Stomp Films. Yes. 
who are, you know, their their work is the subject of this episode. Uh, Never Hike Alone, the prequel, Never Hike in the Snow Alone. Uh, they know Friday the 13th is coming up, and they have announced, I guess, about 19 hours ago, as of right now while we're recording, that they will, this coming Friday, release a ghost cut of all their films kind of put together. It has Never Hike in the Snow, Never Hike Alone, and it also has the music video Disappear. Did you watch that? Uh, You know, I was going to, and then I didn't. <laughs> It is a four-minute music video with Jason running around doing Jason stuff. Okay. It's totally worth watching. So somehow they're going to mash all these things up together into a ghost cut that they are going to release on Friday, the 13th, uh, November 2020, which is cool by me. I'm super impressed with their work. I wish, basically, that Friday the 13th was out of legal purgatory. And honestly, they just hand the franchise to, to Womp Stomp because they're proving every time they put something out. They understand the character. They're committed to working in that world. And on a very limited budget, they're producing some really quality stuff. Yeah, they, they absolutely are, man. And um, we'll talk more about this when we get into the uh, to the movie. But uh, I went on a deep dive on some of this stuff. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. It's really cool to see. Um, it's really cool to see creative people use limited resources and make things that are actually really good like this. For sure. For sure. I mean, this is probably the greatest fan movie I've ever seen. There was that Batman versus Joker versus Alien versus Predator Mm -hmm. one from maybe the early 2000s that I loved, but it doesn't hold a candle even to this. So congratulations, Womp Stomp. You have summited the mountain of YouTube. Yeah. This has been this week's All right, man. Well, that's a good transition. Are you ready to pull the curtain on Never Hike Alone and Never Hike in the Snow Alone? Yes, sir. Let's pull the string. And I guess we need to get Wahlberg in on this? Yeah, might as well. Wahlberg. What? No. Spoiler alert. I mean, don't tell Mark I said this, but I wish we had lined up like a Wahlberg impersonator since this is a fan film. Oh, yeah, we should have. I don't know where to find those guys, but I suspect what? they're out there. No. I see. Done. Perfect. I mean, <laughs> we can't use you because you may be better than the original. Again, don't tell Mark. <laughs> he left, so we're all right. Uh, well, so do we want to handle the film or the prequel film first? Uh, I think we go in order of made. Yeah, I'm good with that. So you said you did a deep dive. I'm not sure what all that involved, but did it did it also involve watching the making of on the Womp Stomp YouTube channel? It did. Isn't that thing good? It is very good. Like I've seen stuff on DVDs that are not nearly as as quality as that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I'm saying, man. Like these guys are. Uh, I mean, like you said, they're the pinnacle of YouTube filmmaking. It is mind boggling to me how good everything that I've seen these guys put out so far. It really is. Me too. It really just kind of, honestly, what it what it made me want to do, Jeff, is it made me want to find these guys and just hitch my wagon to them, you know, and be like, hey, whatever you guys need. Like, if you need me to die in the first 30 seconds of the movie, that's fine. And then I'll just be a key grip, hold the boom mic the whole time. Like, I just want to, I just want to be involved in whatever you guys are doing. I totally get that. The, 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 the film's a product of affection and passion and skill, right? And like creative people who do good work like to work with creative people who do who do good work. Mm-hmm. And so you just look at this and you think, oh, how high could these guys go? It's going to be a shame 
when Paramount or whoever ends up with the rights to the franchise mm-hmm. basically cuts these guys out, you know, and, and I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if there won't be a YouTube, you know, cease and desist order dropped on them because that's just how stuff works yeah, uh, in Hollywood. But again, I think these guys should be brought into the fold. They, they were mm-hmm. keeping the spirit alive while y'all were waiting for legal cases to play out. And, Man, let's just uh, let's just reward that and and again pull them in and make them part of the family because clearly their output and their affections have earned them a spot at the table. Yeah, well, hey, can I, uh, can I submit to you this and you tell me if you're if if I'm wrong on it or not? Um, I think Never Hike Alone is maybe the best Friday the Thirteenth movie I've seen since the original. That's an interesting question. the The problem here, and and some of our listeners are going to have their heads explode over this. I'm just not the biggest Friday the 13th fan. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my affections are with Halloween, and right. I like the Halloween sort of more understated, a little bit less gory. You know, of course, it goes off the rails, too. But I just I liked the original, not the not the clone. Mm-hmm. But I do like the film or excuse me, the franchise. I, it's just hard for me to be like, oh, that's my favorite Friday the 13th. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm trying to be ironic, I'm talking about Jason goes to space or something like that. Sure. I probably watched Jason takes Manhattan more than any others because it was on USA when I was a kid and I just caught it on loop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what my favorite is. I guess if I had to pick, it's part two. Um I can say this. This is up there with anything I've ever seen. And I really like the hiker character in this one Mm -hmm. in a way that probably differentiates him from any other protagonist, including Tommy Jarvis. Um, Yeah. So uh, I I can't join you just because I feel like I'm a little too uneducated, but I'm definitely sympathetic. Yeah. Well, I just for me, like this is the perfect way to use Jason. And you cut out all of the Gaga that we have in the other movies. Right. And um, I mean, it's just it's it's a simple stripped down story of this this guy who is trying to make a a YouTube channel, basically. Mm-hmm. And he winds up on the wrong path and he gets oh, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, and he gets, you know, he he meets this this monster. And I don't know, man, I just I've really, really enjoyed this. Um, I want to backtrack just a little bit to you were talking about how Michael Myers is your guy. And we all know that from, uh, you know, from the the last four years of doing this podcast together. The reason I want to backtrack to Michael Myers is because uh, Vincent DeSanti, who is the writer, director, he plays Jason in this movie. Um, the deep dive that I went on is some of his other fan films that he's been a part of. Um, so not only was he ghost or excuse me, not only was he Jason and never hike alone and never hike in the snow alone. Um, or actually he's just never hike in the snow. Uh, he was also the shape in a fan made, fan made film called the spirit of Haddonfield. I'm writing uh, it down is, right now, which is available on YouTube and is, and is the equivalent amount of time as a sitcom. So, mm. and it is, it is really good. Okay, dude, that's exciting. I, can we just end the podcast now and I'm going to go watch that? Yeah. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with a whole new episode. Till then, stay away from clowns and tours, white people, teacups, and blind men with turkey basters. Bye-bye, man. Thanks, dude. I can't wait to watch this. Yeah. So he was in that, and then he was also in a fan-made film that's about 15 minutes long called Happy Halloween, a Halloween Kills fan film. <laughs> yep. Just writing stuff down. 
Yeah. And uh, he plays the shape, like I said, in both of those things. And um, I mean, dude is dude is is I don't know if they did a great job with the uh, the lighting or the or the, you know, the videography on this or whatever. But also, if you look at that behind the scenes footage of him, I mean, that dude's pretty built like he's yeah. a pretty stocky kind of guy. For sure. So it makes sense that he, you know, he wound up playing Jason in those things. And he's a great Michael Myers. Okay, well, I'm glad to believe that because he's he's a great Jason. And I mean, we're not talking about playing Hamlet, right? (laughs) Right. Um, So I'm definitely checking that out and I'm really thankful uh, for the heads up on that. And we'll be doing a dive on that. Maybe I can report back and we can we can talk about the the two Halloween fan films. Yeah, yeah, uh, I hope so. I'd I'd love to love to hear your thoughts on them on on Never Hike Alone, just to kind of get into the goodness of it. Mm -hmm. um, I really appreciated the use of Jason here. Because Jason is basically like a stalking mountain lion. You know, you could you could do Never Hike Alone. And Jason, at least early on, could be substituted for a grizzly bear or a mountain lion, something like that. And it would work just the same. And I love that sense of Jason getting the scent, Jason sort of narrowing in on his victim, and then it all coming together on the campus of Camp Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. You didn't get Jason too soon. You didn't get Jason sort of in all his glory too fast. I I specifically loved kind of looking for glimpses of Jason in the background of Kyle's footage. And I thought that was a good throwback to when found footage wasn't beat to death. You know, the the best found footage movies kind of got you looking all over the the scene, looking for what's happening in the background. Mm -hmm. And this one did that in a way that was really fun and wasn't tired and worn out. So give me the Jason who's an alpha predator, I guess is what I'm saying. We don't we yeah. don't need to see too much of him, but we need to feel his presence. And I really felt like they captured it in Never Hike Alone. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that is the reason why I enjoy this iteration of the character so much is just because like uh, th- that is the Jason that I, I want to see. Mm-hmm. You know, is this just I mean, th- those are great descriptions, you know, mountain lion, grizzly bear type, you know, just. He's after something and he's not going to stop till he gets it. Um, yeah, I just I really enjoyed this. And and I think that I enjoyed this one not to get into um, the other one. But uh, but I think that I enjoyed this one more than I enjoyed Never Hike in the Snow, just because in this one for all. I mean, for lack of a better term, like Jason's just a bad A mm-hmm. in this movie. And he is in the second one. But he's also like we go back to the mother stuff. And I've just never been a big fan of all that Gaga mm-hmm. in the in the Jason story. Uh, so it was really cool to see it here and to see to see him be the. <laughs> this sounds weird to say, but you, you'll understand what I'm saying. To be the the type of like killer that I want him to be for sure. So uh, look right here. I mean, I say look. It's a podcast. We can't look. But look. But look from my notes. Two two items. Honestly, this is pretty much the perfect kind of reboot. It gets us back into the world. It gives us the familiar beats, but it doesn't walk us back through the or, uh, the origin story or try to put a new face on it. Just mm-hmm. get us back to what we love. Mm-hmm. And you're right. This this film assumes that we're familiar with Friday the 13th and that it can get to doing the stuff that makes us love the franchise rather than kind of having to rebuild the world. Yeah. And I super appreciated that because it makes for it makes for a richer film, right? It's a short running time. Is it 55 minutes? Does that sound right? 53, I think. Yeah. So 53 minutes is pretty long for a fan film. And they're just so economical because they don't have to go back through all of Jason's mama issues. <laughs> now, I'm with you that in uh, Never Hike in the Snow uh, or Never Hike Alone in the Snow or whatever, that doesn't serve the film. 
but that's not this movie. You know, this right. movie considered in and of itself is is pretty close to perfect. I've got a couple quibbles, but I'm just into this movie from the drive-in scene of the of the hiker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you're absolutely right. This guy uh, Kyle. I mean, the the actor playing Kyle is great and just makes you fall in love with this character. Um, but not only that, like you, you want to make sure that this guy survives mm-hmm. and, and you're with him every step of the way. And uh, I think that the actor's name is Drew, Drew Lady, and he just does a, a fantastic job bringing this guy to life and, and, and giving him, you know, making him feel like a fully formed, fully fleshed out character uh, with the runtime that they're given on it. Uh, you know, you, you, like I said, you want to see this guy survive. You are, you feel the panic when he's strapped to that gurney and, you know, and is experiencing these hallucinations and, and these flashbacks and all this crazy stuff that's going on with him. It's, uh, yeah, it's just really, it's really well done. Yeah. That part straight out of Halloween too, by the way, they know mm-hmm. what, yeah. they know the good stuff to copy. Yeah. So on that, on the, the hiker Kyle and the acting and the setup, that is such a strength of this short film because I mean, there's there's one plot point that I think is kind of a weakness, but everything else is pretty much tightened down. Uh, the guy looks the part. Having a YouTube hiking channel set up is is clever, and it it's a realistic reason to have him in the in the world. Um, him coming close to the borders of Camp Crystal Lake, but not wanting to kind of have to double back to avoid trespassing. That's good stuff, man. And as we've talked about a lot in recent years. Horror fans are willing to believe some improbable stuff, but you can't kind of rub it in their face that you're breaking your your world's, you know, its its own rules. And this this film does a good job of being like, there's a reason he's here. There's a there's a good reason for doing what he's doing. Uh, this is how somebody would stumble into Jason's path. And it's just nice and tight. And I really appreciate that they took time to carefully craft a good story. I, I watched that making of documentary and I think they said they had a shorter film in mind, but they then found out, oh, gosh, we have access to this great abandoned camp. Let's really see that as a stewardship issue and get the most out of this they can. And, man, I feel like they delivered. Like, I'm really thankful for the care they put into it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that they said that they it went from like maybe a five minute short film to what we saw. And it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. Um, what an amazing discovery that campground was. For sure. Uh, that was Big Bear. Am I remembering that correctly? They're yes. up in Big Bear and they just kind of somebody said, hey, are you going up to the abandoned campsite? And they're like, tell us more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just so serendipitous and fortuitous to, you know, to have plotted something out and then to have them be like, oh, no, no, no. I mean, this is great. But if you'll go up half a mile <laughs> up the road, you're going to find everything you need to make this movie. For sure. And it's just set up, you know, there's a there's a, a line uh, making of documentary where they say, oh, now we have a Hollywood set. Yeah, like, absolutely. This is exactly the kind of set a Friday the 13th movie would require. Yeah. Yeah. It, it blew my mind, man. Um the the making of really does help you know you to understand everything but i mean it really did blow my mind at just how how good this thing was on you know such a shoestring budget and then when of course when you find that out you go oh well then that that makes all the sense of the world but it's just it's amazing that that they found it and that they were able to use it and then i i i assume they used it again for the second one yeah i think that's right i mean at this point if i own that property it's become a spawn ranch basically not to house a cult but to license out to movies you know yeah that's what i'm doing with the property now i think i do both but i see (laughs) what you're saying 
Yeah, it's incredible. And sometimes things work out just the way you need them to. Uh, it mm-hmm. certainly happened for Womp Stomp. Yeah. So what's the quibble that you have with the with the film? Well, hey, before we do that, can I just tell you one other thing that I think fell in place for this movie, um, but that also left me incredibly jealous? Yeah, please do. That international scout he's driving in. Oh, yeah. Is that not the coolest possible vehicle ever? Yeah, it is really nice. Uh, I have recently started watching YouTube stuff. I've never been a big YouTube viewer, but I've kind of had some friends talk me into some different channels. And it's true that like there's big money available on YouTube. And so you'll come into these guys who have huge channels and their toys are dope because they're actually making money off YouTube, you know? Mm -hmm. And so as a guy who's gotten to know YouTube a little bit better, I was like, oh, of course, this guy, this, you know, hiker with this extreme hiking channel is going to have the coolest freaking vehicle ever. I was I was deeply envious. Yeah. That drive in too. I don't know if they're intending it, but in uh, part three of Friday the 13th, there's a pretty extended drive in. Now they do they do more stuff like they stop at a gas station and they run into bikers and all this stuff. But I thought, oh, maybe they're maybe they're hearkening back to the franchise. And if so, kudos to them and cool on them. Uh, the the quibble I have about this movie plot wise is the coyote murder and what effect it would have on a guy hiking out in the woods. And that's probably me overthinking it. But, you know, the the setup is he's he's in the tent trying to do a review of some gear that a sponsor has sent in. He hears coyotes. He gets quiet. He listens very carefully to them, And he listens to one of them be brutally murdered. Mm-hmm. Now, what would you do out in the woods if you just heard a coyote get brutally murdered? I'm not talking about like attacked. I'm talking about everything goes quiet because the thing is being butchered. Yeah. Uh, probably pack my ish and leave. Yeah. Yeah. But we're supposed to believe he just kind of calls it a night and goes to sleep. And I just thought, there's no way I'm sleeping in that tent. Uh, and I may stay in the tent, but I'm not going to be asleep. Yeah. I'm not going to be like, yeah, that's a good time to turn in. I'll probably also be wet. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So then he gets to the campsite and is kind of finding out about the camp. He's he's aware of the Jason mythos, right? Because he does mm-hmm. that ghost story monologue. But while he's poking around in the chimney, the coyote's head falls out at his feet. Right. And I was like, dude, so not only are you, you're spending a sleepless, urine-soaked night in that tent, but then you find out that whatever did that to the coyote is not only on this property, but has enough agency and dexterity to stuff it up in a chimney, like Mm. it's some kind of cold storage. Yeah. Dude, you piece the heck out. At first, I just thought it was Mark Duplass. <laughs> Let's just be honest. You were hoping it was Mark Duplass. I was like, oh, God, no. Not this guy again. Well, but in this case, I can't remember what the, the wolf's head was called, Sunbeam or whatever. Uh, you would have confirmation that the creep was killed. You never have to watch a movie again. Yeah, I'd be like, all right, we're good. <laughs> I don't even care if Jason takes me out now. At least I know he made the world a better place. Thank you, Womp Stomp. Yeah, that I almost wish they they had taken that whole thing out. It does it does do a good job of world building. That like, yeah, I guess we're supposed to assume that Jason is eating coyotes. Yes, uh, but again, if if you weathered the night after hearing the thing get hacked up, 
when you find the head, if you're any kind of clever person, and this guy clearly is because he's used to being out in the woods surviving. Right. You're just like, okay, okay, cool. Whoever you are, uh, be you Jason Voorhees or some maniac who's fixated on the legend or just the kind of person who kills wild animals and stuffs their body parts in random places. Mm -hmm. I'm going to let you have this place. Yeah. And you head right back to the car to your super dope international scout. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're not wrong. That is uh, is 100% accurate. So that small quibble aside, you, you got to something that I'm super enthusiastic about this, too. The ramp up of action, it, it comes right at the middle of the film where Kyle finds the kitchen and then he finds that card that Miss Voorhees left for Jason. Then he finds Miss Voorhees and then Jason grabs him. I just thought that was perfectly well done and took us from like mounting dread to full blown crisis super skillfully. Mm-hmm. I specifically love what you said about the kind of Jason you want, because again, in my notes, I've got I love the juggernaut Jason who leaps out of the top of that barn. Um, you know, when he's walking around, you hear the stomping. Mm-hmm. And then when he chucks that axe one-handed and buries it up in a tree, I'm like, that's exactly what I need from Jason. Yeah. And even when he's chasing Kyle on the trail, they have Jason, it looks like, moving pretty fast. He's not running, but he's moving through the woods pretty quickly. And I just thought that was super well done. I, this is the Jason I want. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like I said before, this is... Uh, you know, I, I think it's because I also watched a behind the scenes making of Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. It was in the <laughs> it was in it was it was on YouTube, too. And it was in like the hey, you you watch this. So you might enjoy this. And I just remember how they made Jason out to be a dim witted idiot in in Freddy versus Jason. Mm-hmm. You know how Freddy was manipulating him and stuff. And I don't I don't want that, man. I, I just, you know, again, I know it sounds horrible, but if if we're making a Friday the 13th movie, I want him to be that juggernaut. I, I want I want somebody really smart and really, really uh, adaptable and, and really bad a to come across and kill this dude at the end of the movie. But I don't want him to be this dim witted mama's boy. Yep. I just want him to be like, oh, you're on my property. I'm gonna kill you for sure, man. For sure. I would even take a version of Jason like in a Jason takes Manhattan scenario or whatever where, you know, out of Camp Crystal Lake, he's not in his element. Right. So he's a Mm -hmm. little disoriented and whatnot. But he should be exactly what he is in this movie while he's at Camp Crystal Lake. He, I mean, it's mm-hmm. like you said, it's his property. It's his hunting ground. He's marked the territory. And just him like wrecking the, uh, I guess it was the mess hall, looking for the hiker and then realizing where the hiker would be hiding. Like, that's exactly what Jason needs to be. He doesn't need to be, uh, you know, pinhead from Hellraiser, but he needs to know what's his, where to look and not give the protagonist any breathing room. Yeah, absolutely. Were you impressed with the makeup and wardrobe here? Because I'll just tell you, I was super impressed with Jason visually. Yes, especially when, you know, he rips the rips the mask off and we see the face. Uh, I was I I didn't expect us to see a close up of the face. I expected him to rip the mask off and be, um, you know, have a look of horror and disgust on his face. Uh, But I didn't think we'd get to see it. And then it pans to Jason. And I was like, oh, snap. That's again, man, like. For me, these are guys just went into the woods guerrilla style and did this did this movie. And it comes across just as good as anything I've seen Paramount put out on Friday the 13th. For sure. So we probably have a little different take on the unmasked Jason thing, but I'm largely celebratory, too. Um, One thing that I I really appreciate about 
this Jason, uh, you've hit on a bunch of it, right? He's towering. He's thick. He is a, you know, he's that juggernaut character. I thought what they did with his skin tone was really good because mm-hmm. his skin tone makes you wonder if he's alive or undead. Mm-hmm. And then when you first see him in the mask, you can't see anything beyond the mask. It's just those empty black eye holes. And like the mask fits on the front of his face. It looks like kind of imperfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that <laughs> it was just super well done. I mean, I know I've said it a hundred times already, but this is exactly what I want from Jason. I want him to be this force of nature. I don't want to know what's behind the mask. And I want to be wondering, like, how can this thing be as he's stalking this character that I care about? Um, So kudos to makeup and wardrobe. The thing you said about his unmasked face is right. It's as good as anything I've seen in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I think if I had the final call there, we just wouldn't have seen under the mask. Yeah. I like the, I like leaving it to the imagination. They did a really good job. I would just prefer Give me that mask, and that's all I see. Sure. I think that's smart. Um, I, I think, though, that a lot of that is um, Vincent. He, I mean, I think, you know, he talks about it in the making of where he built this entire cosplay um, wardrobe. And I, I'm not sure that he didn't already have that, like, you know, mask or makeup or whatever himself. Uh-huh. Uh, and and if so, man, kudos to that dude. Like, that's, sure. that's a whole nother level of talent that. Uh, should be appreciated more than it probably is. And brilliant casting too. Like they found that guy, you know, they found that guy mm-hmm. and got him plugged in. Just, um, just kind of moving through the beats of the movie. Another, you know, talking about how tight the plotting is. One, I thought that having this guy continually patch himself up, this hiker was a nice touch because there's a physicality that's going to be demanded of a one-on-one, basically hour-long movie. Uh, confrontation with Jason Voorhees. And as this guy kind of like gets hacked away at, any hope of his survival diminishes. But while he's, when he's stitching himself up, when he's wrapping himself in gauze, you know, he's, he's gearing back up because he's got survival stuff. Like it's sort of prolonged the hope you have that he's going to make it out. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I thought it was super well done. And even, even when they slow him down with a leg wound there on the trail, it just it worked really well in that moment because we know Jason's not going to run. This guy's been dead sprinting. Um, give him a leg wound and let him kind of drag himself around so Jason can catch up. Just everything makes sense. N- nothing is is basically left to like, eh, because it's Friday the 13th. And it goes back to the point about how excellent it was to, uh, or, or with what craftsmanship and skill they put this thing together. Yeah. Were there any favorite scares in this for you? Huh. No, nothing off the top of my head. Um, yeah, nothing that I can really think of. Uh, I just, I just really enjoyed this movie all the way around. Yeah, I mean, surprise, surprise, the horror uncle is going to have some stuff to say. Um, Jason grabbing the guy's ankle while he's crawling really worked for me. I, you know, it's one of those deals that, like, you know, it's going to come, but it worked and it, mm-hmm. it, it jolted me. Um, when, when the guy, the hiker Kyle, hits Jason in the neck with the axe and drops him. Mm-hmm. And gets far enough away to turn back and see Jason pull the axe out. And what drips out of J- Jason isn't blood. Ichor is the best thing I can describe it as. Yeah. I just thought that was super well done. And when he set up, I was like, let's go. You know, it's, it's perfect. Um, And that jumping out of the lake scene at the end, which as somebody who's watched these movies or anybody who knows anything about them, I absolutely should have seen coming. I should have known mm-hmm. that's how that was going to play out. 
and it's such a great throwback to the ending of the original. But I jumped back, man. It it caught me by surprise. I mean, I have seen this movie before, <laughs> and it still caught me by surprise. Hmm. So I'm I was in full blown horror uncle mode, very willing to be scared and surprised. And man, it it delivered. I don't know what it's like for somebody who's watching it for the first time, but I thought they pulled it off pretty well. I agree. Just thinking about it, the last, I mean, the Tommy Jarvis cameo is really cool. Mm-hmm. But I guess before we finish up this film, uh, that is sort of a plot point, too, because when we find out Tommy's driving the ambulance, isn't Tommy Jarvis the first guy out of Camp Crystal Lake if something's going crazy and a guy's in the back talking about being attacked? Yeah, I, I, that is something that I thought of, too, as I was just like, is this guy really going to come back and, and do this stuff? Uh, so, yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, I, I, it, it took me out just a minute because he, you know, he's up in the cab kind of lollygagging around. And I was like, no way. Tommy Jarvis, as soon as he gets a call to take his ambulance out to Camp Crystal Lake, is on the highest of high alerts. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and I feel like that all three of those guys were too jovial in the beginning to <laughs> to be at Camp Crystal Lake and not know what was going on. For sure. Not great actors either. The The guy is a face I recognize. I don't know what I've seen him in before, but mm-hmm. like I recognize his face. And while he's looking at the Playboy and stuff, I'm just like, you have never acted before. <laughs> you should stop. Yeah. Take away all his dialogue. Yeah. He is. Let's see. I'm trying to I'm trying to see if there's something. I mean, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's he's in nothing that I know. Um, maybe he's just got that face. He was in an episode of Shooter, uh, Ryan uh, Philippi series on USA. I've seen him in something. I don't know what it is, but yeah. you know, I knew that I knew that he was a worker and I think he could have done better. I'd have gotten rid of that footage. Yeah. Speaking of getting rid of the footage, this is my last comment on Never Hike Alone. But in that making of documentary, we get some shots of like their first attempt at making this movie or like their initial, you know, they're like shooting the concept. Uh, the guy who plays Kyle says, I've actually never seen the footage, but they stick some of it in in that documentary. And man, the evolution from those early shots to what we eventually mm. got mm-hmm. looks like a whole leap forward uh, comparable to like moving from the Bronze Age to, the, you know, the the modern technological world we live in now. Yeah. It's cool to see people keep working at their craft and get better. Yeah. And kudos to DeSanti for realizing like, oh, this is garbage. I'm not showing this to anybody in the entire world. Sure. Until I have until I have it right. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people that would get some stuff in the can and be like, <laughs> you know, again, I make the the Ed Wood reference all the time. Right. Like, uh, all right, cut print. What? You don't want to take another take? Why? That was perfect. Uh, you know, kudos to this guy for being wise enough and having enough discernment to go. Oh, no, that was crap. We're going to do it again. Yeah. I mean, he had money sunk, right? Like he mm-hmm. that cost real dollars to him. So, yeah, more power to him. Uh, anything left on that one? I've kind of kind of exhausted the the sheet on Never Hike Alone. No, man, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty much all we can say about that one. <laughs> sure. Well, as we move into the prequel, which is Never Hike Alone in the Snow, right? Uh, never Hike in the Snow. OK, Never Hike in the Snow. I'm, I know I've been butchering that through the episode. Uh, I think you said this earlier. I'm kind of with you. This is a lesser film. Mm hmm. It's shorter, but it's also, it's just not as good. Yeah. A couple things that just kind of make me conclude that I didn't really care for Jason as Robin Hood opening the 
<laughs> the kill scene, you know? I did. I was like, of course, he's at a camp. He's going to learn how to be an archer. <laughs> he's out there getting his archery badge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he's probably, he knows how to knit. He knows how, you know, he's got all that camp stuff. But I, I, I understand your, your point. It takes him into a level of skill that I just don't want from Jason. I want him hurling a machete in the guy's back. And they probably thought, like, the obvious thing here is for Jason to hurl a machete in the guy's back. So let's have him shoot him with a bow and arrow. I just... Sure. Like, the Jason who is stalking this guy is like, you know what I need to do? I need to run back over to cabin A and grab the bow and arrow. And I can catch up with him over at the parking lot. And if he runs, I'll I'll just shoot him down. Like, I I just... You know, we, we talked about a Jason who's not a bumbling idiot, but I also don't want one who's a prepper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, particularly not one who's undead. Yeah. You know, that opening scene where he just brutalizes the body of that kid. Of course, you're going to go more gory with the sequel or the follow-up film, um, but that's just not my jam. It's fine. Just not my jam. Uh, and then I really thought the acting was pretty much terrible across the board in this. Mm-hmm. I agree. So just a lesser film. Now, let me ask you, that sheriff, mm-hmm. he's a previous character, right? Mm-hmm. I went looking for him, and again, I'm not any kind of expert in uh, Friday the 13th lore, but there's a character called Richard Cologne, who Mm -hmm. is a deputy. Are you familiar Mm -hmm. with this? Mm Mm-hmm. And at some point in the the movie, Tommy Jarvis calls him something the dick, like Rick the dick. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I Googled that, which probably, you know. The only thing that saved me was associating it with Friday the 13th. Yeah, I was going to say, that's going to really jack up your algorithms, buddy. Yeah. But anyway, there's a Wikipedia page for him on Friday the 13th, uh, their fandom wiki. Mm-hmm. And he is one of the deputies that kind of gets taken off the board in part six. Mm-hmm. And we never know that he died for sure. Um, in the game, apparently, Tommy's recordings reveal that that character moved to Ohio, changed his name and was killed by a serial killer. Mm. But I'm I think maybe the never hike people at Womp Stomp are saying, eh, we're gonna pull him back in. Does that yeah. sound right? Yeah, no, no that's hundred percent correct. Okay, okay. That's a cool detail. Shows love for the for the franchise and I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but I did think he did a terrible job in this movie. Yeah, he was awful, man. Yeah. Every line of dialogue was like super wooden. I, I uh-huh. don't care for it at all. Yeah. I I completely agree, man. It uh just all around the board. It wasn't good. And you know, the, the crazy part about it is the, his deputy on that thing. Um, I forget the guy's name, but the guy that dies at the end of the movie, Mm -hmm. he's been in some good, like he's, he's been a part of some good stuff. Like he did, uh, he did an episode of Westworld. He's been on parks and rec. Uh, I mean, if you go to his IMDB page, you just scroll, you know, he's, I mean, he's never, it's never been, Hey, this guy was, you know, in a six, ep- you know, six season series, but like, hey, he's that dude from that one episode of that one thing that you like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess if you're going to kind of put him in a lineup with everybody else here, he's probably the high water mark. Mm-hmm. The only time I was super critical of the deputy was when he was supposed to be getting a phone call from his wife. Yeah. And I was like, man, nobody's on the other side of that line. Like, you're just talking too quick. Yeah. Um, it, it It's sort of like. It's a pet peeve of mine, but if you watch in TV shows or movies when people are supposed to be drinking coffee mm-hmm. and you can tell the cup has nothing in it, that's kind of how I felt about his conversation with his wife. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a <laughs> that's a smart way of looking at it. So kind of yeah. dumping on this one. I've got some positives, but anything that you want to kind of celebrate in the, the prequel? 
Um, I mean, it was good to be back at this spot. It was good to be back with these people. It was, you know, it was good to be back with like Jason. Um, I, I, I love the fact that they've, they've got this great relationship with Tom Jarvis and he can continue to be Tommy or Tom Matthews. And he can continue to be Tommy Jarvis. Um, but I don't know, man, T- to me, this was an inferior movie mm-hmm. um, for, for all the reasons that I talked about earlier. You know, I just, I felt, I felt like the first one was, was darn near perfect. You know, we talked about it at its faults and, and we, you know, we, we talked about those earlier, but man, it just, this one, I was a little bit disappointed. As a matter of fact, I actually went back and rewatched it um, just to make sure that I felt the same way when it was over with. And, and I did, and I was just, I don't know, man, just, just a little disappointed that, um, that it wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't as good as the original. And you think that with a little bit more notoriety and stuff behind them, that they could have made it a little bit better. But, uh, just like you said, with the, with the acting and, um, and everything, I, I really do feel like that it peaked, excuse me, with the death of that, uh, young man. Mm-hmm. And, it just, it, I don't know. It just, it, it felt very muddled and convoluted to me. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying that, like, I watch these back to back. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I watched Never Hike Alone, and then I watched Never Hike in the Snow, and it just, it felt inferior. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And maybe this ghost cut they're going to release will somehow make this better. But I, the, the first one was tight. There was very mm-hmm. few strings left uh, dangling. Here, I felt like there was a bunch, like. So what happens when they realize the deputy is not coming back and now you've got a widow somewhere out there like pushing the sheriff publicly along with this mom who's grieving for their for her lost son. And then Tommy Jarvis is introduced in here and it looks like he's about to get up to some stuff and he's just taken out of the shot and we don't we're like, well, did he get back up? What I mean, you know, yeah. we know he survived. So what did he do? And that ending is such a lop off that I just thought like, man, y'all were really on to something. But either the money ran out or you wanted to get it out by Friday the 13th or something, because Mm -hmm. this is 68 percent of a really good fan film. But you left a lot undone. Yeah. So, yeah, particularly the ending. I was like, boo. Um, Now, I do have stuff to praise and I'll just run through it. And if you want to comment on it, feel free to. Or if our listeners decide, hey, I, I, I want to talk to you about that, we can do that, too. I thought the frozen face of the dead kid was pretty good when we come yes. back to Jason's lair. Yes. I liked young deformed Jason better than undead worm face Jason from the first film. Okay. Uh, and I am i don't want a whole lot of backstory for Jason, but us getting to see the fantasy he perpetually lived in it isn't the worst thing in the world for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I, what I want now is somebody to come back and say, like, how did his mom's sinister character form him, you know, as an undead monster. Yeah. But I thought that was done pretty well. Uh, The shot of the guy who took the picture right as Jason burst out of the cabin was really uh, well done. I did write while I was watching it, Jason hates cameras, you know, because he crushes it. (laughs) Yeah. And then at the end, uh, when we basically have the faceless deputy. Well, it's because there's no electronics allowed at camp. That's it. That's really good, man. He, uh, you know, he crushes out the body cam, which I wish more horror films were making use of body cam. I don't want found footage through a body cam entirely, but it's a nice accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he crushes out, I wrote, man, Jason really hates cameras. And you've given me the perfect theory. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the best shot of the entire short is that shot of the kid, you know, um, accidentally taking that picture of Jason just in sheer fright and panic. Yeah. 
Yeah, it looks like a steal from a video game or something, you know? Mm-hmm. It's super cool. Yeah. I don't know. If I hadn't seen the original film, I may be more enthusiastic about this one. Sure. But compared to compared to the original four, you know, like I said, there's 68 percent of a good fan film here or a good film. But having seen the original, that 68 percent feels like a letdown rather than look what they achieved. Mm-hmm. And so while they're cool elements, I just I can't be as delighted about the prequel. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I agree. And, and I hate that. Um, again, I, I don't want to like. I don't want to criticize these guys too much or discourage, you know, what they're doing, because I really do think that they're doing a great job. Um, But I think that I just I just watched Never Hike Alone and I was just coming off, you know, oh, man, this is the type of Jason movie I've been wanting to see. And then you get that one and it just feels real disjointed. I'm with you, man. I'm absolutely with you. Um, And maybe that's the best way to put a bow on it. Like. Really great original film, slightly disappointing follow up. And man, I want to see more from Womp Stomp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's the that's the final thing that I want to say about it is, is regardless of if I was disappointed with the second one or not, I want to see more from this film company. I want to see them do more things. And, and even to the point now where like I'm going to follow them. And if they have a uh, GoFundMe or a Seed and Spark or whatever their you know situation is, I'm probably going to try to throw a couple bucks their way. Mm hmm. Um, you know, you and I are the biggest proponents of make your art. And if it's good, then I want to help people as much as I can to do that. For sure. And we need to get you somewhere around Camp Crystal Lake. Yeah, man, I'll be happy to die in the first five minutes of a, of a Jason movie. <laughs> you can I find mean, that, uh, you know, that Playboy magazine that got dropped by the yeah. uh, the ambulance driver when he got butchered. And then Jason can whack your head off. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be. <laughs> paramedic number three that'll be fun <laughs> hey dude if he gave you a trip out to big bear you know uh for real man that that'd be, be worth it alone absolutely all right man well i'm done you want to talk about our questions yeah man let's throw them out um first and foremost did we see something scary dude of course i'm gonna say yes the mm-hmm. grabbing the ankle the th- the nightmare at the uh pond and then even jason pulling the axe out it all worked for me so yes yeah uh, I agree, man. And I th- I think for me, the the thing that got me the most between the two of them, and I know that you're you're not the biggest fan, but was when he hit that kid with that axe. Uh-huh. Uh, just because I didn't, I don't know, for some reason, I didn't expect that kid to go out so quick. I guess because I was I was conditioned to to think of Kyle in the first one. Sure. And I was just like, oh, this is this is Kyle. You know, this is new Kyle. Uh-huh. And oh, now new Kyle doesn't have a job anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was one other positive that I I meant to mention. Uh, This isn't the most sophisticated storytelling ever, but being in the living room with mom as she's getting the news when we already know her son died brutally Mm kind of made that scene kind of heavy. Yeah. And so good. Good job. Good job. Womstown. Yeah. Yeah. And again, man, for like everything that we. For everything that we said that was negative about the the sequel or the prequel, rather, there there is some really good stuff in there. Um, I just I don't want to do <laughs> I don't want to deter people from watching it, but I also don't want to like sing its praises. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, no, you should definitely I, watch it, listener, if you hadn't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I also want to kick that cop square in the testicles for not going ahead and telling them, you know, for not ripping the bandaid off and telling the mom what was going on. Sure. But that's neither here nor there. Um, what a horrible actor. Anyway, uh, yeah, I agree. We did see something scary. On a scale of one to ten, where would you rank uh, Never Hike Alone? And where would you rank Never Hike in the Snow? I think Never Hike Alone, I mean, it's pretty much perfect. And so 
I give sixes and sevens to really good movies. Mm-hmm. I know that the budget and and the nature of the film it just it can't compare to some of the other ones we've give give or I've given six and sevens to. But considered in and of itself as a Friday the Thirteenth movie, I don't really want much more from one. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to give this a six and just say it's like the highest scoring six I can imagine. Yeah. Okay, and then for never hike in the snow. Yeah, I'm gonna go probably three for it. Yeah, uh, there was there was some really good beginnings of a movie there, but it just didn't stick the landing at all. It didn't even attempt a landing. It like leapt into the air and then disappeared. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I'm actually gonna bump each up a point, but I'm gonna stay in the same range that you are. Uh, never hike in the, never hike alone gets a seven for me, and then never hike in the snow probably gets about a four. Well, who's the horror uncle now? I know it's it's me. It's me. Um, I, I just I, like I said, man, I really enjoyed the first one. Uh, it is everything that, like you said, it's everything that I want in a Jason movie. Um, and I just I really I, I'm looking forward to watching it again. Hmm. Uh, and I'll probably try to do that. Well, I can't on Friday, but I'm going to I'm going to do it the next chance that I get. Uh, never hike alone or never hike in the snow. If I never see it again, I'll be all right with it. Uh, of course, if they're going to put this, um, you know, this ghost cut. Yeah, this ghost cut out, then I'll I'm definitely going to check it out. But besides that, if I never watch this one again, I I don't care. I could I could see myself going every Friday the 13th and watching Never Hike Alone. Mm-hmm. But um, I've I'm pretty much done with Never Hike in the Snow. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty generous on a four for a film you don't think you'll go back to. I hope it fits in well to the. Ghost cut. Uh, that's how I want to consume it. I want to consume mm-hmm. it connected to the better film, and I'll be happy and, with that. And, and I think that I'm giving it a four just because, like, I again, we're big DIY people. I mean, we mm-hmm. we're DIY podcasters, mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm big on that. I'm big on, especially if the you know if the art is good, that I I definitely want to try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And who knows what happened on this one, man? Um, maybe COVID hit. Maybe. You know, maybe the money ran out, whatever the situation is. Um, I just I don't want to judge them on just that movie alone. Sure. And, and I and I think that if 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 that was just their first movie, I think I would still be impressed with it. Maybe not as much as I enjoyed Never Hike Alone, but I would still be impressed with it. So so that's why I, I'm going to give it a four. Yeah, that's all fair. No criticism. I just I like seeing you warm up to. uh I don't know. You can you can join me as the uh, we'll, we'll get matching sweaters as the horror uncles. Yeah, I love it. As long as it's not found footage, I'm down. <laughs> so ominous overtones. Yeah, there it is. Uh, so anyway, what did you think about this? You heard what Jeff and I thought about Never Hike Alone and Never Hike in the Snow. We would love to hear your thoughts on this as well. The best way to do that would be to go to our Facebook page, our Facebook group. We saw something scary. Click the button that says join. You'll be joined. You'll be accepted into the fold pretty pretty soon after that and then you can talk to us all about what you liked and disliked about these movies what you liked and disliked about our review uh we would love to have you be a part of that again the facebook group is we saw something scary uh if you haven't already please go to apple Podcasts, leave us those five star reviews it is five star season and we need your help to spread the word on the sauce of the scary uh podcast and to get our message out there to more people so uh those five star reviews on apple podcast are very much coveted and we would appreciate it hey derek yes sir if i can interject for just a second uh some of our listeners may have noticed i think the new york times just did a piece on the podcast ne- network Wondery, mm-hmm. and I guess that company's looking at selling. The people who founded it are 
maybe got up to some shady stuff in a previous oh. vocation and so might be facing some legal consequences. But I was reading that and the the setup for the piece on Wondery is that they're an independent podcasting network and the challenges they face. And look, I, I'm not griping. I'm, I'm delighted by the response our podcast has gotten. But if you're like me and you listen to a bunch of podcasts, you know what it is to open up the new episodes filter on your podcast app and see all the Wondery podcasts mm-hmm. pushing their newest one. You know, you just scroll down, you're like introducing, introducing, introducing. And I just realized that like like everything else, uh, podcasting gets commercialized really quickly. And these massive networks, the New York Times will look at and say, oh, that's independent podcasting. When guys on the on the ground floor and the grassroots level, you know, would be delighted to have that kind of exposure. And so all that to say, I just wanted to take a moment, particularly to to listeners who may have read that piece and, and say thank you for supporting actually independent podcasts. Thank you for supporting mm-hmm. podcasts that don't have tremendous budgets and huge networks to lean into. Um, I think we've got the best listeners in the world. That's not hyperbole. It's not because they're our listeners. I just love the community that's came up around this podcast and it's people who are they're interested in sort of the, uh, again, the grassroots version of podcasting. And so to our listeners, thanks so much. You're, you know, I, I enjoy talking with my friend Derek about horror movies every week, but our listeners are such an incredible motivation to keep turning this thing out. Absolutely, man. Completely agree 100%. And if you want to help partner with us on that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash carry podcast and be one of our Patreon backers. And we thank those of you who are, and you'll be getting two bonus episodes this month, Patreon peeps. So be on the lookout for those in the very, very near future. He's at Right Jeff. I'm at Derek Zoo, and we are out of time. Guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. But until then, stay away from clowns and sewers, blind men with turkey pasters, and white people with teacups. We'll see you guys back here next week. Bye-bye, man. 